Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church, Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Hey, so is this weird? Yes, that was, that was a little strong. Uh, uh, if you're visiting, this is not how we're normally uh, set up. We're going to be doing this for the next three weeks as we go through a, a short series entitled uh, Better Together, right? Isn't it, it's different to look at someone's face instead of the back of their head. And uh, I do apologize if you walked in today and had a panic attack of, where's my seat? Where's my seat? If you're like, if you're lost, uh, the seats, the chairs still work. But uh, no, you figured that out. But we'll pray for you later. If that's a, but our, but our goal is, that's the title, Better to, Together. Our goal is to have more of an informal, almost workshoppy, uh, like imagine this is a really big, small group uh, vibe uh, as we do these next three weekends. One of the reasons why we're doing this is uh, small groups are a really big deal in our church. And since day one, it has really been a uh, foundation of our church where people gather two, three times a month. Uh, and just learn how to do life together. We believe that the Bible teaches, and, and this is what we've experienced, that we really are better together when we're connected uh, to one another. So if you're here today, uh, even those watching online, if you live in the area, if you've never uh, attended a small group, could I encourage you to uh, maybe in the next few weeks, just check one out, give it a try. Just try the, the refreshments. Just go eat something. Uh, but, but if you need help finding a group, we would really love to help you find one. On the back of this wall, we have a bunch of groups. So come on out to the info counter uh, after the service, and we'll, we will uh, help you if you have any questions. Another reason why we're doing church in the round is because we really want to break out of the audience performer routine. I don't think we realize how much we get used to that. Um, the Christian faith is an active faith. It's a participatory faith. One of the things we say a lot in the vineyard is everyone gets to... Wow, that was great. Everyone, everyone gets to play. We believe that, uh, that just this... Um, one of the reasons why we gather every weekend is to practice our faith. To, it's, it's meant to be participatory. So, so the plan was either we pull everyone up on the stage... So you see what we're doing. Okay. Uh, today's talk is entitled, How, do, How We Pray for Others. And uh, here at the Vineyard, we believe that the plan of God is to use everyone and anyone who makes themselves available to him. That uh, uh, we, this side of heaven, we have a job to do as followers of Jesus. And that's participating with God. We're better together this way and we're better together when we participate with him. But really it's this, it's this people rescuing work that we've been invited into. And one of the tools that God has given us uh, is this ability to, to pray for someone. Like I really am convinced that one of the, as Christians, uh, one of the most powerful things to say to another person is, hey, can I pray for you right now? Can I pray for you right now? I, you know, as I look back on my life, I would say that the majority of the times when I have really encountered the presence of God, where God has revealed something new of himself 
to me has been when another person put their hand on my shoulder and was praying for me. I've also, you know, looking back over the years, I would say that my, my faith in God has grown. My confidence in his presence, his active presence has grown. When I've put my hand on someone's shoulder, prayed for them, and their experience of God has been very encouraging to me. Like, I'm curious for you, who would say that that's been your experience? You've experienced something of God. You've been encouraged when someone prayed for you. Who would say that? Put your hand up real high. Okay, that's great. Woo. Did you get that on camera? Okay. Now, a flip of that is, who would say that you've prayed for someone, and that person experienced God, and you were encouraged in your faith? Okay. Okay. So remember that, and we'll get back to that a little later. Uh, But we see this, especially in the New Testament, we see the example of Jesus, the example of of the disciples, etc., that this whole thing of laying hands on someone and praying for them, we see it all throughout. Mark 10, 16, we see Jesus lays hands on children to bless them. Luke 4, 40, Jesus lays hands on people to heal them. Acts 8, 17, the disciples lay hands on people to receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 28, 8, Paul lays hands on sick people to heal them. 1 Timothy 4, 14, Timothy receives spiritual gifts through the laying on of hands. And then uh, Paul makes a point of just really driving home how powerful it is to lay hands on someone and pray for them. In 1 Timothy 5.22, Paul warns Timothy, hey, don't be hasty to lay hands on another to pray for them, especially in the area of leadership. I know growing up, my understanding of prayer was, okay, you talk to God. I, I had no understanding that I should also listen for him to respond. Uh, growing up, if someone asked for prayer, my response would be, oh, you know, well, of course I would say, yes, I'm a Christian. Of course I'll pray for you. But what that meant was later that week, if I remember, I'll, I'll say a prayer for you. Uh, growing up, I would never, I would never have thought of praying for someone right then and there, or I would never, especially, you know, to put my hand on their shoulder and pray for them. That just wasn't on my grid. I, you know, I'm sure, well, I know that you've seen this, but I remember as a kid and as a teenager watching, uh, you know, sort of these bizarre televangelists. We still have a few, and I, I really, it amazes me that, that they still draw a crowd. Maybe I should learn something, but uh, that was a joke, but... Uh, <laughs> But I remember watching them when they would pray for a person in the moment in the service. It really was bizarre. It was yelling and very theatrical and smacking in the head. And you, you've seen all those things. It's super off-putting. But then when I was like 18 years old, uh, I remember going to the vineyard. And I observed, got to see a very different prayer model when I, uh, when I went there. I remember, you know, sitting in the service, just like you are, and, and people would go forward for prayer. They would respond, you know, to God. And then a couple of people would get up. They'd go stand beside him. There would be a little bit of a conversation. And then they'd put their hands on, the, on their shoulders. And as I watched this, uh, what stood out to me was there was no shouting. There was no smacking in the head or theatrics. It actually was very very normal. It just looked very normal, looked very peaceful, really, or very, very calm. Uh, and yet it was, it was also very powerful because you'd watch someone getting prayer and people would start to weep. People would start to shake. 
People would, you know, they would sway. Sometimes people would fall to the ground. And, uh, and so that model is really what I want to, what we're going to go through uh, this weekend. And uh, the technical name is the five-step prayer model. <clears throat> and my hope today, as I look around the room, and, and uh, uh, we'll figure out how you're going to do this online, but uh, is that as many people as possible would participate today as we, we're actually going to, I'm going to teach it, we're going to have worship, and then I'm going to lead you. It's going to feel like a classroom. I'm going to lead you step by step through the the five-step model. So my hope is that as many as possible would be either a prayer or prayee. And and my prayer, even for this series, is that God would stir a greater hunger and a greater expectation of his active presence with us. Listen to this from 1 Corinthians 14. It says, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation. Remember what that word means? An apocalypse. A tongue or an interpretation. Look at this. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Now, what I'm going to teach you isn't the only way to pray. But we would say that this method has proven itself over and over and over. God has used this simple, these simple five steps over and over to really, you know, in both the life of the prayer and the prayee to do what what Paul was saying there, to build people up and to build the church up. So let me pray for us and then we're going to jump in. Let's pray. So Lord, I thank you. Uh, it's just so fun to be able to see faces and to feel closer as a church family. And I do pray that you'd settle us in today. Uh, um, But Lord, would you come and be our teacher? Be a teacher uh, who draws draws us more, teaches us and draws us into what one of the things you've made us for, one of the incredible tools you've given us. So Uh, We just welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so again, this is the five-step prayer model. I know for many of you, this is a refresher, but I also know for for many of you, this this would be new. Uh, The five-step prayer model is not magic. We don't say, if you follow these five steps, we guarantee a healing. We guarantee an answered prayer. No, well, that's not what we're saying, but but this really is an attempt. It's an attempt to follow the example of Jesus as we see him uh, praying for other people. So the five, let me go through them real quick and then we're going to break it down. Uh, But the five steps are this, ask, invite, pray, check, and plan, right? Ask, invite, pray, check, plan, or AIP, CP, or a simple way to remember is AIPKP. AIPKP. I was practicing that a lot. So I want to I wanna teach you now these five steps, and, and, but I'm going to teach it. Imagine we're doing this within the context of what we're doing right now when we gather. When we gather in the weekend, when you gather in your small group, gather youth, etc. Um, so it's, the, it's that context. Now, before we get to the first step, first thing is, uh, you know, if you're going to go to pray for someone, you might want to grab a breath mint. Uh, last night, I actually started, I was going to throw them out, and it really was dangerous 
um, zinged it by a kid's head. And so we're not going to do that today, but, but grab a breath mint. And then the next thing you would do is, is you would, if someone comes forward for prayer, you would go up to them and say, you would introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Michael. What's your name? <laughs> he looked nervous at him. I'm probably, that's it. I'm not going to call you up here. Maybe. Okay. So you, you introduce them, right? Okay. So then the first step you've introduced yourself. Step one is this ask, ask. And the, really what we're asking is where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? Another way to put that is, how can I pray for you? And understand when someone comes forward, like they may come up with a, you know, on crutches with, with a big cast on their leg. Okay, that might be their need, or it might be something not obvious. They might be responding to a word that was given. You know, many times after worship, someone will go, I just had a picture of a storm and a monkey, and, you know, and I'm, I just made that up. If that, but if that, no, okay. But, and maybe they're responding to a word, or maybe they're responding to something that was in the sermon, or maybe they're just responding to something God's been inviting them into, maybe for years, for months, for, for minutes. But, but as they come forward, uh, uh, this part, ask, where does it hurt, or how can I pray for you? This part should be as brief as possible. And, and here's why. This is really important. At the heart of a ministry time, think about this. When we invite people for prayer, what we're doing is we're inviting that person, we're inviting them to come to Jesus. We're saying, come to God. Come to God with your pain. Come to God with your struggle. Come to God with your challenge. We're not inviting them to us as the prayer, right? And, and this takes pressure off us as the prayer, because as the prayer, I'm not the rescuer. I'm not the healer. I'm not the deliverer. If, if anything, as the prayer, our role is more like a midwife, right? And everyone knows what I'm talking about. Kids, you can ask your parents. I don't want to try to explain it. But, but, but that's really what we're doing. We're, we're like midwives. We are coming to this person, and we're helping them respond to what's going on in them right now. And in this case, what's, what God, uh, what God is, is doing in their life. And so this part needs to be really brief. Uh, when, some, when you ask someone the need, okay, they share what the need is. Uh, this is not the time, and this is hard in our culture, but this is not the time for you as the prayer to give advice, right? You ask them, hey, what's, hey, well, your name's Bill. Bill, what's going on? Oh, I've been having, you know, stomach issues. Like, this is not the time where you go, hey, have, how much kale is in your diet, right? I just read a book, or have you ever heard of essential oils, or you know, have you seen the chosen? That's, you know, and, and those are all wonderful things. Those are great, but that's not the time to share because at the heart of ministry, the person doesn't need you. They need Jesus. And so you want to move quickly to the second points or second step. Number one, ask, where does it hurt? Number two is invite. Come Holy Spirit. And, and so, and what we do, and I, you know, I think, unless I really know someone, but I it's just ingrained in my head before I would invite the Holy Spirit, I would say, hey, Bill, another Bill, uh, is it okay if I put my hand on your shoulder, right? And if they say no, then that's fine. God, God can still work. But you want to ask them. And, and, and understand, again, I want to drive this home. Listen to this quote. We invite a person to God. Can I pray for you right now? And then we invite God to the person. Come, Holy Spirit. And so number two is invite, come Holy Spirit. When you invite the Holy Spirit, then you just wait, right? You just wait. And that's, 
Again, that's hard for us. You just wait because you've invited God, like, Holy Spirit, would you come to this person? And then you wait and, and, and you just, you just want to watch and see what happens now. What happens now as, as, I've, in, you know, as I've invited the Holy Spirit? And, and this is hard for us, especially if you were raised in the church. My whole upbringing was when you pray, what, when you say, let's pray, everyone goes like this. Every head bows and every eye closes, right? Uh, we would get in trouble, or at least that was the joke, if you had your eyes open. But in, the, in this prayer model, we encourage you to do the very opposite. Open your eyes and look at the person you're praying for. Because what happens when you say, well, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'd come to Bill right now. Okay, when you pray that, do, they, do their eyes just fill with tears all of a sudden? Do their eyelids just start to flutter? Does, like, does, does their, do they sway? Do you just see, like, you can literally see indications that God is coming, is moving, is moving in this person's life. So you want to have your eyes open to see what God is doing. And as your eyes are open and you're waiting and you're, you also want to have your ears open listening to the Holy Spirit. Like this, yeah, okay, God, this person has shared a need, but Holy Spirit, is there something else? Is there something added to that? Is there something that, that you want to, you know, also want to lean into on their life? Uh, and that could be, you know, a picture, uh, a feeling, a scripture comes to mind, a certain prayer. Uh, but again, be really patient to wait. And I find it hard because I'm a talker. I, silence is, is I, I think I'm quiet, well, mostly quiet when I sleep. I actually talk a lot in my sleep, uh, Helen said. But, but imagine in this context, if you wait for a minute, because again, at the end of the service, you have what? Five, six, seven minutes to pray for someone. I mean, we try to make as much time as we can, but sometimes other speakers go long. But uh, no, I'm the worst, I think. But, but uh, wait for a minute. Because you know what that does when you say, come Holy Spirit, and you wait, and you look, and you listen? What you're reminding yourself and what you're saying to this person is, hey, we really are waiting on him. And if he doesn't come, what am I going to do? See, and this is the beautiful thing. It takes the pressure off the prayer, right? And so, and so wait. And if you, want, if you need to say something, which I, I, you know, I'll just say, let's say we're praying for Adam. Well, Lord, you know, we've, we're waiting. Uh, bless him. Just bless Adam. Bless my brother. Just simple, simple, simple. Um, uh, let me see here. Where am I at? Uh, yes, and as you're listening to the Holy Spirit... I, you know, this, this whole thing of hearing God's voice, we will be practicing till the day we die. And so I have a couple filters that I run because a lot of things go through my mind. And, and, and so the first filter is, does this sound like something Jesus would say to this person? Another filter is, is, is it encouraging? Right? Like if, if you're praying and the sense you get is, this guy's never going to get it. Okay, does that sound like something? You're not going to pray that. Uh, Adam, I just want you to know the Lord's... Like, that is not at all encouraging. So I would throw that out. If it, isn't, if it doesn't sound like Jesus, and if, it, and if it isn't encouraging, I would toss it out. Another thing is you're listening. If you hear, sense, get something that might be a correction, what if you're praying for someone and the sense you have is, you know... 
um, this is random. They're cheating on their taxes. That goes through my mind. That, that would be a, a correction. Or, or what if you're praying for someone and what you think you hear God say is something directional? You need to move to Russia, right? What I would say is correction, directional, don't pray those things. And in fact, I would encourage you to, after, go, go to a pastor and say, hey, I was praying for so-and-so and this came Because you might be hearing God. But we want to be, we, at the end of the day, we want our prayer times to be encouraging, to be building people up. And so we want to be careful with, you know, the, and focusing in on, on encouraging, etc. Okay, so number one, ask, where does it hurt? Number two, invite, come Holy Spirit. And then number three is now it's time to pray. Uh, or, so God help, uh, God help pain go. So you've asked the person, you've listened, you've moved quickly, you know, to, from step one to step two. You've invited the Holy Spirit taken some time to, to listen. And so, and you know, you've waited for a minute or so, and now it's time to just simply pray for their obvious need or, or, you know, or that plus what the Holy Spirit shows you. If, if you are sitting there going, man, I don't think, I don't think God's, you know, gave me anything different. Well, that's fine. Then just pray. Then just pray for, for their need. When you pray, um, this is something I really, over the years, have grown to love about this prayer model is it's a non-hype prayer model. You, you, just, you just pray like you would pray. You don't have to yell. Like what, think about it. What, what is it that makes prayer powerful? Is it your volume? Is it you know, eloquence? Is it, well, you know, really powerful prayers are in King James. Like, not at all. A power, what makes a prayer powerful is who you're praying to. Come Holy Spirit. That's powerful because of who you're praying to. So you don't need to shout. God's right there. You don't need to conjure up his presence. You don't need to tell God what a good person this is and why they deserve some help. God loves this person way more than you ever will. And he knows them and he knows exactly what he's doing in their life. So, so you can pray a little bit and, and then it's okay after you pray to pause and wait a little bit more. Again, waiting puts the focus back on, hey, it's not you, it's not me, it's him, right? So waiting puts the focus back on the Holy Spirit. Um, when you pray, again, uh, we are learning how to do this here at the Vineyard. We don't, we don't encourage people to say, thus saith the Lord, right? We, because I don't know about you, but I do know about you and me. I don't hear God clearly, Right? I don't hear him 100%. Uh, I am still learning this. And so we encourage you to use humble language. Hey, uh, hey, Adam, when we were waiting, I saw a picture of this. Or I don't know, this sounds kind of weird, but I just kept hearing this phrase go through my mind. Like we come at it from a humble, a humble place. Uh, and again, I can't stress enough, and I know it's hard, but, you, but keep your eyes open and be looking at the person. As you're praying for them, you, again, you want to see how do they respond? What happens when you pray what you've been given to pray? I remember years ago as a young pastor, uh, a, lady, a lady came to see me in my office. I'll just call her Tammy. And, and she shared uh, some of her story. And, and I, I said, well, Tammy, could I pray for you right now? And uh, she said, yes, you're sitting on, a, on the couch. I was sitting in a chair. I said, Tammy, is it okay if I put my hand on your shoulder? She said, yes. And I did just this. You know, step one, I'd ask. Step two, hand on the shoulder. And I said, come Holy Spirit. And I just waited. 
And within, I don't know, 15 seconds or so, all of a sudden, through my mind, clearly just was this phrase, pray the Father's love. Okay, does that sound like Jesus? Yeah, I think that's, is that encouraging? Yes. And so I just simply said, uh, Lord, would you just, would you pour your Father's love on Tammy? And when I prayed that prayer, she did this. She was, you know, proper hands open. She went <clears throat> like that. And I thought, well, that was strange. I'm going to try this again. Uh, so I said, Lord, again, I just, I pray, would you pour your father's love on Tammy? And exactly the same. <clears throat> and I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I'm looking at that and I thought, okay, I think that means something. And so I just simply said, hey, Tammy, can I ask you a question? Is it reaction literally opened a door? Reaction literally opened a door and really led our our prayer time. So I tell that story to say, keep your eyes open when you're praying because God is so helpful. He wants to teach us. It's helpful to see how people are responding. Okay, you've asked the person, you've invited the Holy Spirit, you're listening to the Holy Spirit, you prayed according to that. And then number four is check. Uh, Or we take cash. (laughs) That's a joke. So check. And and what I mean is, the question is, what is God doing? Right? So you've been praying for a bit. And remember, this is in the context of when we gather. So maybe you've been praying for four minutes, five minutes, and and, and it just seems like maybe things are settling down a bit. Uh, uh, It is super, super helpful just to say, hey, Bill, Bill, is anything going on? Like if we were praying for Bill's knee, hey, how does your, how does your knee feel? Is there still pain? Like, uh, are, are, is God coming close? Have, has God said anything to you? It's, it's very practical and basic to ask, you know, ask those questions because then it's going to help you. Either do we continue then praying the way we've been praying or maybe we need to pray a different direction or, or maybe it's just time to, to, to stop uh, to stop praying. When you ask someone, what is God doing? Uh, don't be thrown as the prayer. If the prayee goes, no, nothing. Well, do you feel anything? No, no. In fact, uh, like, like that's, you know, no, I feel like Lincoln's memorial. I feel, but it's like, don't be discouraged is what I'm getting at. When the person says nothing, like nothing's going on. And, and we have to remember that the presence and activity of God, it's not a feeling. Sometimes it is, which is awesome, but it's not a feeling, uh, uh, but it is a promise. It is a promise that God would always be with us and that God is, is actively with us. So don't be thrown when, when it looks like or feels like nothing's happened. You know the song that we sing, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. And that really, Jesus said in John five seventeen, he said, hey, my father is always at work. So just because you don't see it or, you know, or the person doesn't feel it, don't be discouraged by that. God is faithful and God is active. Okay. If you determine it's time to stop praying, fifth, fifth step is plan. Plan. Meaning, uh, I would encourage you to, 
right? And so this is just, you've prayed for the person, you've done all these steps, and it's helpful to end your time with, with just a s- simple, encouraging word. Like you might say, let's say Bill says, hey, Bill, does your knee feel better? He goes, actually, it feels worse. Thanks, Bill. But uh, no, <laughs> I'm teasing you. But, if, but I might say to Bill, hey, I would encourage you, keep getting prayer. In fact, I've even said this to people, be a prayer hog. I don't know why, it's kind of goofy. But in, you might encourage them to get prayer. Or you might say, hey, Bill, why don't you, um, you should bring this up with your small group leader and they could continue praying for you. Oh, I'm not in a small group. Oh, well, Bill, have you thought of checking out a small group? Right? I will take you to the wall right now. Dun, 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 but, or just go to a small group. Or another thing is, if you are getting prayer for healing, uh, we encourage, I would encourage someone, hey, before you stop taking your meds, go see your doctor. Before you tear that cast off, <laughs> you know, go see your doctor. That's not a lack of faith. That's just, really, that's wisdom to do that. Uh, or, or sit down with a pastor. At the end of the day, all these steps, whenever we pray for anyone, when we gather, we want the person to feel loved. We want them to feel valued and cared for. We don't want them to feel like a project. We don't want them to feel used or manipulated uh, in, in any way. So let's hear the five steps They're on the, on the screens. Let's read them out together. Number one is ask, where does it hurt? Number two, invite, come Holy Spirit. Number three, pray, God help pain go. Number four, check, what is God doing? Number five, plan, I would encourage you to. Okay, uh, the band can come on back. We're going to go back into worship. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.